passion, talent, influence. That's what we're here to recognize. A movement that lives right in our own backyard. Southwest Florida. So put your glasses up. Let's give a toast. Toast to the innovators. Toast to the creators. Toast to the go-getters. The people who wake up every day with a passion to create. Not for themselves, but for the benefit of the community. A community that has no limits. So let's kick back and toast to the good fellas. All right. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody listening in Southwest Florida and around the nation. It's your boy, Alan. And it's your boy, Nicholas. And we're back at EQ Recording and Multimedia in downtown Fort Myers. What's up, bro? What up, man? How you doing? Man, I've had a busy week, bro. Oh, my God. But you know what? It's, we're heading towards the end of the week, and I'm glad to be here with y'all, honestly, straight up. Yeah, man, it's been a very hectic week. Uh, for me, at least. I see that in you, bro. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, bro? Like every, I see every, that in you. Everybody wants a piece of me this week for some reason. Everybody wants this done, wants that done. I'm like, ah, you know. Yeah, and we need you for the podcast, bro. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're able to join us here tonight, dog. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is like my way of kind of getting all that stress out of the table. This is the stress relieving for me. Before we introduce our, introduce our guests, if you are watching this and listening to this, if you don't mind, you can go ahead and please subscribe to our YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up on this video and just leave us a review on your favorite streaming platform. It'll be greatly appreciated. So now, what we got today, bro? So on the plate today, we have a young visionary by the name of Jordan Paris. He owns his own podcast production company called Trend Up uh, Media, Trend Up Media. And he is the host of Growth Mindset University. So Jordan, how are you doing? Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm Absolutely. glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We've been talking for a couple months now on getting you on the podcast. Was well, yeah. Uh, a lot of I've been the most difficult person to get here. I felt so bad. Like <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you know, I yeah, we scheduled here. I can't. I can't make it. I'm gonna be in New Jersey now. I'm gonna be here. Gonna- at some at some point, I'm like, man, <laughs> straight up, man. Do you want to be on the podcast or not? I did. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> like, like, I would. I was. I was hoping you knew I wanted to to be on, man. Yeah, so so Jordan, um, actually, I met Jordan at one of his networking events he had in downtown Fort Myers, and he's one of the first ones I talked to about year podcasting. Ago. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, a little over a year ago now. It felt like yesterday. It's mm-hmm. crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like fifty three weeks ago. About uh, yeah, no, I remember remember having that, having that conversation in uh, for, what was it? Uh, millennial Millennial Brewing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and. Uh, you started your podcast a couple of weeks later. Yeah, man. Ugh, yeah. You gave us some good advice, man. And I love the presentation that you had. I, you gave some good advice on, like, Look, starting a podcast. Well, that, pre- dude, that presentation was, number one, it was an impossible environment to give a presentation. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if you remember how loud it was. And because we only had half of the space rented. And we're in a brewery. And it was the other half was freaking loud. Uh, and my brain was just going haywire, you know, because I, I went to therapy when I was four years old for sensory issues. I would cry at the drop of a hat, a loud noise. One of my first phrases was sat noise, sat noise, sat noise. And I still, when there's something like that bothers my brain, a noise, I'm like, I'm like what's that noise? Like, like real, it, it still to this day is with me. So when I was giving that presentation, like my brain was just like Everywhere. tripping, man, you know, in a bad way. And, and, uh, the, the, so the presentation could have been a lot better. I feel, you know, people couldn't even hear because <laughs> it was so loud. 
I, I will never forget that presentation the rest of my life. <laughs> that was, you that know was difficult. You know what's funny? Because you said that it, you were going through a lot of struggle through that presentation, but I didn't see oh, anything wow. bad in it, to That's be honest. Funny. It's funny when you think it's bad, but the audience doesn't know your yeah. script in the yeah, way, yeah. so it still comes off as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny That's, how our, we distort our own perceptions. <laughs> yeah. That's kudos to your presentation abilities. I so, oh, For sure. That's, yeah. that's definitely awesome. So, Jordan, we want to know a little bit more about you, about where you're from, what brought you here, and some of the things that you do. Because we introed it a little bit, but we mm-hmm. kind of want to go a little bit more yeah yeah i'm from pennsylvania originally i moved a thousand miles away to go to college because i didn't want to know anyone i wanted to (laughs) start fresh and so i didn't know anyone when i got here Mm -hmm. and uh and i I just wanted to flip the script when when i got here i was not involved in in high school i really didn't do anything in my last year i was a little bit involved like I, i started to I started to do things like I just I, I I did the football team my last year like I was I only played senior year. College uh, applications. Get ready for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was totally involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I you know I did that, but you know it was it was pretty brutal. Like I was I you know my my friend and I my only friend and I did did it together, and uh, you know we were each other's only friends really throughout mm-hmm. high school and. Uh, so when we're on the football team in that environment, we were literally, you know, even though we weren't, we we're called gay every single day, like just by, by literally by kids two years younger than us, like by sophomores and we're seniors and it, kids are like small. It was so the whole thing was just it sucked. But I, I to, to my credit, I'm honestly impressed with the way I handled it. I don't think I would handle it this way today. I probably would. But I was I was such a peaceful warrior. I never, like, I never said anything back. And, and even like, I, I remember distinctly one time being on, like doing abs on the mat, like in spring before the season started. And uh, I was doing this exercise and, you know, the middle linebacker was like, that's not going to get, that's not going to get you any abs. And he's like, and he starts like making fun of me. I forget what else he said too. Uh, and I just, I barely even looked at him. I just like, I just kept, Kept doing my ab exercises, and 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 four years later, I mean, or four and a half, five years later, I've got abs, and he's like doing cocaine, and and he's like, and he's like stocky, <laughs> you know. So, so I mean, you've been taking the car. Yeah. Yeah. I was a peaceful warrior. I Good move, move in silence, nice man. Move in silence, and I get stuff done. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I came to came to college, flipped the script, really started getting involved. First week, did the you know, the whole fraternity thing, the, um, ran for president in my residence hall, which ended up being elected with this awesome marketing strategy. Like I really went, went all out on it. And, uh, and I just, I just decided to do it. I was like, heck, I want to run and I'll figure out how to win later. You know, I just made the decision though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like the start of this series of decisions that were made without hesitation that really at the outset, I had no idea what I was doing, but in the long run, I figured it out and uh, really benefited me greatly. Uh, and then I became a student athlete. Like I, I joined the the cheer team. I was and, and a week later I was doing backflips. Uh, and I never like I just again I just did it. I was like oh yeah I'll do it. And uh, and it was one of the coolest things that I've ever done in my life. And so you know those three things like really helped me to find myself for the first time in my life and really believe in myself that I could do things for the first time in my life instead of just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing with my life 
And so uh, over, and I, I knew I wanted to, you know, I had this serving job in high school and I was like, ah, I don't want to work for anyone ever again. I don't want to, I, I knew with my narcissistic personality that, the, <laughs> that this is just, this is just not people telling me what to do. is just not going to work. Yeah. So I don't really answer to people and, or take orders very well. So as a server, that's not really a good, good thing. You got to take orders yeah, all day. Take orders. You know, so, so, you know, I judged very quickly that, uh, it wasn't going to work out. And so I started this journey of generating income on my own. And I, the, the, First thing I did, this is what I really thought I wanted to do with my life, was personal training. And I studied under uh, a celebrity trainer in Los Angeles. I, I, you know, he's a, he was my uncle's best friend for the past 40 years. So mm -hmm. uh, they've known, they grew up in the same town. And so I just had this connection, saw him like doing big things, training people like Jordan Belfort and Tobey Maguire and Brad Paisley and Ariana Huffington. Wow. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be like him. So reach out to him. And worked for him that summer. Was in the studio with him, and uh, and I learned the ins and outs of being a world class personal trainer. Not just like a like a, a nothing wrong with starting starting this way, but I think it's a better job than than like a serving job. But you know, being like a per, not like being a personal trainer at LA Fitness, but like a real world class personal trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, and like just the littlest things down to like brand consistency. If you're going to charge $200 an hour, you can't have an Aquafina or a Dasani water bottle. You have to have like a Fiji water bottle if you're charging 200 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's got to all match up. Can't wear, can't wear shorts. Uh, you got to wear like Lululemon pants, you know, if you're going to be charging $200 an hour. So I learned, I learned those things, just the littlest things, all the little details that go into that. And so, and I know I'm really going here. For no, no, this, this is this is your yeah. show right here. Yeah. Man. This is your platform. So go ahead. Yeah, we love so, tangents. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And then so I, I got my own certification from NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine, and it took me a couple of months to figure out how to get clients. Two months. I got it in January of 17, and then my first clients came two months later. Uh, about about nine weeks later in the middle of March. And uh, from there I was like, I was, I was like, wow, I can really, like I was making, I was going to people's homes. Mm -hmm. So I was working for myself and making $60 an hour. I was like, oh, and I was 19. And I was like, this is really cool. You yeah. know, I can, like, I can do this. But then I, I started, I, I started to decelerate that uh, because after a little while, because I saw that while I was working for myself and I didn't really have to answer to people and I had a lot of freedom that way I had really no freedom to be where I wanted to be I had to show up somewhere I had to put in the time I had to uh, I, I, you know I was getting paid $60 for an hour you know I had to be there for an hour I was getting paid for my time that way uh, and I found myself you know like oh Jordan you want to come up and uh, visit visit us for the weekend in, in Pennsylvania I, and I was like Ah, you know, I would, but I'd rather stay here because if I if I go up north, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out on X amount of dollars. I'm not gonna be able to train these clients, and mm -hmm. and so I just I I found myself kind of stuck there. And so uh, the next thing I did was I started developing websites. You know, so I was making three four thousand dollars a pop, and then I that 
that flamed out really quickly because I was just a glorified freelancer. And while I enjoyed making websites for myself and I was good at it, and that's why I did it, I really was, I, 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 I did not, I really was taking orders from other people. Like it was like, like they were my, like whoever hired me was for to do a website was like my boss. And I got, I had some pretty bad experiences. I mean, the websites were great. They turned out well, but you know, this one man was just disastrous. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Jordan gets to the point where if someone just tells him one yeah, thing no. to do, he's like, no, that's yeah, it. No. I don't, I don't, that's I don't, I don't want like, any part don't, of it. Nah, <laughs> those are websites. Don't, people are picky. Yeah, don't, no, but, no, but, no, but don't tell me to right. do my job, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, no, you're, no, you're right. You're right. I, I see what no, you're but I'm also overly sensitive. I'm I'm mm-hmm. hypersensitive to any perceived slight. That's definitely a that's a narcissistic trait. And I want you know I'll correct myself. Maybe I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm not a narcissist. If you if you say you're a narcissist, you're probably not. <laughs> I definitely have some narcissistic traits though. That being one of them, the hypersensitivity to any perceived slight. And so uh, yeah, I I kind of left that on a whim and uh even though i really didn't have anything else than personal you know some a couple of personal training clients uh that that brought me a little bit of money i was like well i'm gonna figure it out and, and then i in in like april of 2019 i kind of had this idea for my podcast production company and because i was my podcast growth mindset university was starting to get a little bit more traction and attention and there were some questions about the hows of what i was doing in my direct messages all day on linkedin and so i said yeah i think i can help people and get paid for this i think i'm pretty good at this and let's see what i can let's see what i can do here and uh so i started developing that idea and got my first client in uh september of 2019 and it's been uh, really uphill since then and I just you know, I was telling you uh, before before you got here and uh, I was telling you in the other room that, that the traction right now is unbelievable because the problem and look it took this only happened very recently you know where there's been this tipping point but my problem right now is that too many people want to work with me it's a really great thing and yeah. I kind of really have to like grow the team on the fly uh, without sacrificing quality and it's it's a it's a very great challenge for me right now i've never you know i i i, I love i love it my whole life is podcast right now and and uh you know i just feel a sense of um i i just i i love podcasts that's all i can say <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no i got yeah. you i got you yeah we like i said bro we you know we got a good idea of it from from you. Well, at least me, and then I brought it to you and gave you ideas for, off what he said. Mm-hmm. So, like, I see you really expanding your podcast mm-hmm. a lot, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, that's Thanks. why I'm like, dude, we got to get this guy on because, you know, I mean, you're here in Southwest Florida. You're based, well, you're based out of here now, right? Essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 everything, man. Like. I just I'm 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 helping podcasters all day. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about my own podcast. I live and die by them. I breathe podcasts. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a new wave now. Everybody yeah. is starting a podcast now yep. of some yeah, sort. For sure, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's a beautiful where, thing to see. Everyone you, and their mother, really. Right. <laughs> where do you see? It's over a million now. <laughs> where do you see the the platform of podcasts going? 
in the future? Yeah, well, look, I, I you know, I, people ask me this question, and I don't really claim to know. Mm-hmm. I'm my narcissism ends in where I'm not so narcissistic so as to say like, oh, ten years from now. X, Y, Z is going to happen and this and that. And, and I know, <laughs> you know, and I'm not really good with predicting things. Like yeah. Gary V is really good at predicting things. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm not uh, at, at this stage of my life, I guess. Uh, it's not to say I can't be good at it in the future, but uh, look, I really don't know. I'm going to ride the wave as long as I can. And I'm sure there will be a natural pivot yeah. somewhere along the way mm-hmm. within my business, maybe, uh, and uh, with it, with my own podcast, I mean, we'll we'll see, man. I mean, got my, my eyes on the horizon, looking at the trends, and uh, and yeah. you know, when, so I, do, when the time is right, I'll 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 make a pivot, you know. So, what is Growth Mindset University about? Well, it's all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, and we're learning from the people that we should have learned from people who are real practitioners. People who have been there, done that, and are continuing to do that. The same way people hire me to produce a podcast for them, hire my team, because I've been there, done that with podcasting. A lot of, a lot of other podcast production companies, they, don't, they haven't really been there and done that in the world of podcasting. You know, So people really come to me for, for my, my experience in that podcast world. I'm a real practitioner. And Growth Mindset University captures that essence of learning from real practitioners as well. I mean, doesn't it? Does it not make sense to learn money and real estate from, you know, Grant Cardone? I know you like you well, like Robert that episode. Kiyosaki. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I gotta I yeah. gotta reach out to him. Yeah, yeah I, we were saying he's a tough interview, uh, but you know, does it not make sense to learn how to sell yourself from somebody who's mm-hmm. sold over a billion and a half dollars in real estate over the past year? In Ryan Serhant of Million Dollar Listing New York, does it not make sense to uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I mean, you know, you know the types of people that I'm having yep. on my podcast. I mean, heck, the the one that you were listening to on the way over here mm-hmm. with FOMO, the fear of missing out. Literally, the guy who coined the term FOMO. You you go to go to the FOMO Wikipedia page. Like, if you don't believe me? It was like Patrick McGinnis right there. Like he he coined the term. I had him on. We talked about. FOMO, how to overcome the fear of missing out. The, that I mean, we're all FOMO sapiens. We really are. I mean, we all we all feel that. I mean, you see an Instagram story of uh, a get together that you weren't invited to, and there's this sinking feeling in your chest. I feel it all. It's, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I definitely feel that and have to deal with that on the regular. Does it not make sense to talk about that problem with the guy who literally invented FOMO? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's what it's. That's what it's really all about. So you've been really vocal about the education system and its corruption and how essentially it can be some sort of a scam in a way. So what are your thoughts on that? Sure. Well, it can be, you know, uh, when when I've posted about this over the years, I used to, I used to get torched, but I think that as I posted about it more, my follower base at the very least has been like, oh yeah, we get what you're saying. You have some really good points, Jordan. That being said, whenever whenever a post goes viral that and, and a bunch of people see it that were not previously following me, mm-hmm. I get torched. So I, I think I've really trained my audience over the past two years to 
and, and really shown them my perspective and they really understand my perspective on education. So uh, I, I think that that is like my, I, it feels to me like people are really changing their opinions and, and it's like consensus and that it's something that everyone agrees upon that education is just that, that formal education, that college, that is, is a waste of time uh, in, in a lot of cases, but that's really not the case. But look, college can be a waste of time mm-hmm. if, you know, it, there's the obvious that the number one rebuttal is, oh, well, I wouldn't want my doctor to be trained on YouTube. I wouldn't want my lawyer, <laughs> engineer. What about those bridges, man? I'm like, can I curse? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, a gender studies degree is going to have a zero dollar ROI. <laughs> Like, like these, these social science, like all the, this, this, like, and the sociology and the, and the, and I hate to pick on majors, but there's just cert, a lot of majors that aren't going to have the best ROI. It's very different if you're going into engineering, that's going to have a, a good ROI. But a lot of, a lot of students are not thinking before when they're applying to colleges and when they decide to go to a college and when they decide to take out tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans, they're not thinking, oh, if I pick this major, what kind of job can I get? Mm-hmm. It, and, and what will my salary, what will my starting salary be in that job? And, and how will that, that progress over time? And, and compare that with how much you'll be paying in tuition. I mean, people aren't doing that. They're just signing up for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in student loans. And the result, and with like, they're going in aimless, aimless. No, and aimlessness is a vice, mm-hmm. really is. It can get you in a lot of trouble. And in this case, a lot of financial trouble because it, you just got to look at the, the statistics. Go to usdebtclock.org and you'll see that every freaking minute the student loan debt is, cri- is rising. The last I saw it, $1.71 trillion in student loan debt just in America. I mean, this is an American problem. I mean, I talk to people in Israel and, and other countries overseas that really don't have this problem. The college costs like a thousand bucks for a year. And it's not a problem. It's low it's awesome. or no cost. Yeah. Right. I'm not, and I'm not saying free college. It's, it's really not. That's not the answer. But there's this unbelievable tax, like 1,200. The, the, the cost of tuition and the numbers could be a little bit off, but uh, the, the statistics are out there. That the cost of tuition since 1978 uh, has gone up 1,200% since then. Meanwhile, the cost of healthcare, which bankrupts so many people, has only gone up 600%. The cost of food has only gone up 400%. What gives? Why is this rising so disproportionately? And and look at the starting salaries over the past 30 years. And look at look at to I posted this graph probably a couple of weeks ago. Starting salaries over the past 20 years. <laughs> Tuition over the past 20 years. <laughs> like, you know, and so $1.71 trillion in student loan debt in America, the, and it's about 42 to 44 million Americans. I have to crunch the numbers and do the division every time. Uh, but I have, when I was about to give my TED talk before it got postponed, I had the exact numbers. The numbers have since changed. So we'll say between 42 and 44 million Americans owe an average of $38,888. In student loan debt, that's a, that's a lot of money. This is the kind of money that that, that and that forty. That's that's I a gigantic portion of the population. I don't want thirty-eight grand, but no. 
I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine. No, this, <laughs> I, I still, I'm still mad about how much I owe. Yeah, honest, yeah, and look, we're, we're in, in a little bit of a bubble because, you know, we go to FGCU, FGCU's around here. There aren't really colleges around us in Southwest Florida that, that charge $50,000 a year. Um, so we're, I mean, I, I think that people coming out of FGCU, I think the, the average debt is like 20000 or something. So it's, it's not nearly as bad, you know what I mean? But still with the 38 and even 20, I mean, this is the kind of debt that sets people back decades, if not an entire generation. And, and people are, young people are buying homes less often and having children later and later because in part due to this unbelievable amount of this unbelievable burden that they have on themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I just advise people to not be aimless when they go into it and, and, and look at it from a financial ROI return on investment mm -hmm. lens, like be, be financially responsible. Yeah. I would add to that. It really boils down to not only just, you know, how college is set up, but remember it's these, it's the younger kids, you know, juniors and seniors, their guidance counselors during high school, they're feeding them all the information that they need to be feeding them to go into college. But if you don't have, you know, a support system around you telling you, hey, you need to do that extra research or you need to look into these, you know, statistics, yeah, it's well, going to be very hard for you to, you know, do that on your own considering our educational system is not that great. Yeah, well, it, it's just to your point in, in high school, I mean, we're kind of groomed to just go to college and don't ask questions. Yep. Just, just do it. Just take out the loan. It'll be $25,000 loan. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. No question. We'll give you the loan. No questions asked. Yeah. And, I mean, you want to get a business loan for that amount? <laughs> you are not getting it. I got news for you right now. But you, you want to take out a, a student loan for $25,000? No, we don't care, man. You can't take that. These are, these are yeah. in my opinion, most of the time, predatory loans. Mm -hmm. Because these are 18-year-olds making these decisions. Your brain is seven years <laughs> away from being fully developed. You're asking, asking ment in a way, mentally handicapped people to make huge financial decisions. I mean, it's essentially, it's their parents, though, that are making those decisions. For, for them. them. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine if the parents are paying. Yeah. But, but if they're, they're still not, making them take out the loan. Yeah. But yes, if, if the parents aren't paying and they're making the, the student take out the loan, then that's yeah. a and, and, and have the student pay, then that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, the parents, in a lot of cases, it's really unfortunate. It's all about their reputation. It's about, you know, at the cocktail parties, oh, my daughter went, is going to this college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a game, man. It's, it's like, you know, what you brought up earlier about when, how the United States only has this problem and other countries essentially don't. Yeah. Because my parents come from Nicaragua where mm. I think school. I really want to go there, by the way. It's a beautiful place. Yes. Very, very, uh, very corrupt out there. Mm, way more than here. That's for what sure. I heard. Way more than here. Um, I heard a lot about the police. He's, they're on the streets loaded with AR-15s, oh, ready to shit. shoot you. You're protest the president. We don't have that here. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank God. Uh -huh. But um, but but I think like my parents at least, they come from a very poor area to where school in a way over there. If you make it out of school, you kind of like made it out. Like you made it, you know. Mm. To where, like, yeah. they carry that to the United States. It's not the same thing in the U.S. It doesn't apply like that here. Yeah, School you, isn't the scapegoat like I was in Nicaragua. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents, and I'm not saying maybe only, like, Hispanic parents. It could be uh, other parents that grew up in tough situations. You know, like, okay, 
I didn't take this route, so if you do, you're going to be fine and you're going to be well off. Well, financially, you're in reality, you're really not, especially if you start taking out some loans. Yeah, arguably, I think... Now, obviously, there's so much data out there yeah. that says if you go to college, you'll make X um, percentage more than people who don't go to college over the course of your life. But, you know, I there's there's so many things that that, that data is really not taken into account. I talked about this, a gentleman who knows this data very well and knows the uh, and who can explain uh, this a lot better? I'm not even going to attempt to explain the the why why that data is so skewed. I'll, but uh, I talked about it with a gentleman named Blake Bowles uh, in episode 199 of Growth Mindset University. People can reference that JordanParis.com/ep199. I know all the numbers. <laughs> I know the links. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but look, there, there's a you know you can look at that data and be like, oh yeah, I guess I gotta go to college. Uh, you know. Or, I mean, I, I really just think it's all about your, your mindset. I mean, if you, if, if you know you want to be an interior designer at 18 years old, then, then you can, and Dean Graziosi explained this on, on my podcast about his daughter who wants to be an interior designer. You know, she can either go to college, get the internship and, uh, and, uh, and take that route, or she can write the best sales letter of her life to 10 of the top interior designers in America, and then uh, explaining why she'll be the best employee for the next year, uh, for free, by the way. And uh, people are like, oh, how's she going to sustain herself? How's she going to? Well, college is going to cost more anyway. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, silly. Uh, and and so you can you can do that right the best sales letter of your life to explain why you're going to be the best employee for the next year for free, and one of them's going to say yes at least one of them and you can learn from real practitioners people who have been there done that and then with the money that you saved that would have gone to tuition when you're done with that in a year or two then you can start your own interior design business. Seriously, like it's no, a yeah. it, for a lot of in a lot of cases, not going to college is the better path. I think, I and I I, I really think that you're right. that going to college will set you back in a lot of cases, more cases than not. I that's why I that's why I firmly believe the middle class struggles so much because they are trapped in the rat race in a way. Yeah, yeah, forever. for and sure. They're always behind on paying off debt i know and yeah. it sucks to see i, I yeah. can't stand seeing it to be honest you know that yeah it's, it's, you were being taken advantage of going to college p- taking out the loan going to college getting the degree getting the piece of paper and getting a job is the is the middle class way it is the way of the average person seriously i mean you look at look at the data most people do that that's cons- that's average by definition mm-hmm. so uh I, and i i really i have no interest in being average you know so i'm not mm-hmm. gonna i don't look i did go to college and that's the interesting part about this conversation people hear me saying what i just said like and, and they hear oh but i go i went to college be like what <laughs> you know but <laughs> but look yeah i was very fortunate I had my tuition paid for, and I like if I if I dropped out, that wouldn't have been acceptable from my parents uh, to my parents to my grandparents. It just wouldn't have worked. And and all the while, I was in college, 
building, and I, I just explained, I was like building businesses. I was like, you know, and it started with just being a freelancer, uh, as a, a, an independent contractor, a personal trainer, and then a, a freelancer, you know, building websites uh, until it was like a real actual business venture where I have a team. And I spent all of college just figuring out how to sustain myself and how to make money on my own and be my own boss and be able to live anywhere, anytime. And the goal was always to get out of college and not need a job. And that's what I did, you know? And, and, and unfortunately, I mean, the middle, like, yeah, to your point, I mean, the middle class way is definitely uh, go to school, get a job, uh, pay your taxes and uh, mm-hmm. invest in uh, the stock market as, as, as Robert Kiyosaki would say. And then, uh, and then retire when you're 70 after 50 years working a corporate job, enjoy your life for three years and, and, uh, and then die, you know? And I, I'm retired now, dude. I'm retired. <laughs> like, like yeah, I, I don't even want to retire. I don't want to get to the point where I need to retire and I got to depend on my 401k. Yeah. Um, and we're not trying to beat school up completely because there are definitely some benefits that for sure. I feel like I've gotten out of it. Like, for example, the, the fraternity life mm-hmm. where you could network and connect with so many people with different backgrounds and stuff, which I personally feel is very important in today's day and age, right? Yeah, like, and for sure. <laughs> And and not to mention too, for many lower class families, a college education is the way out. Mm-hmm. Really, like it, it, it could be, mm-hmm. it it could be that golden ticket, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, trust me, I, I understand that it's different sure. in every situation. You know, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of variables here. And uh, bottom line is that yeah. for me, I'll never use my degree for anything. And what'd you get your degree in? Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Everything I know about entrepreneurship, though, mm-hmm. has was was not learned <laughs> in the school setting. Like it just, it yeah. wasn't. I mean, and that's the other part of this. Not only the, there's the financial part of it, but there's also, I mean, there's an indoctrination part of it. There's a there's a heavy political agenda and a bias in all these universities across America. Most of them. There's also the curriculum aspect of it, oh, yeah. where where it's just like. What are we doing? Like, this is all antiquated. <laughs> this hasn't changed in 100 years. Like, we're just, school can and must do more than just train the factory workers of tomorrow. And just, school teaches you how to be obedient, stay in line, do what you're told. And and I was even, um, you know, I, I think that marketing is something like that, I, that I've gotten good at. I mean, that's, that's why I have any significant traction going on right now in, in, in my life and business and the internet. And I was a marketing major at one point and I took these marketing classes. What do they say? All, all these classes, it's like, you find your target market and your, your niche and your target market. And it's just like I get. I, I, I know, never had a professor I know. like that, bro. Who's your professor? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> I would have wanted that. I right? know. I should be talking yeah. like well, that. look, there are, a lot of them are these dopey people who are not particularly dialed in, and they they haven't been there and done that. And the thing they're not world class at the thing they're they're right. teaching, you know. And and so with with marketing, I mean, I like I I already knew the definition of target market. I mean, I like I, I want to figure out how to make money today. Like I <laughs> like like. Nothing in school really teaches you how to make money. 
And I see that that's like a major, major gap. I really had to curate my own curriculum outside of school. I mean, I never studied. I never, I, why would I ever waste my time in one of those bland textbooks that was written 20 years ago? It's outdated. It's, it's decades outdated. All these, these, this curriculum that's being taught across America. What, like, there's so, there are world-class teachers out there. This is what Growth Mindset University is. There's world-class practitioners out there. People are world-class who, who practice, who, who are amazing at what they do, who are out there you can learn from on the internet for free or at that. Even a, even a $1,000 course is smaller, a smaller fee than, than, than college tuition, you know? And, and the ROI is going to be a lot more, especially if you're, I mean, dude, most $15 books, think rich dad, poor dad, will have an exponentially higher ROI than every college class Love that combined. Book. Love that book. Yeah. It's the so whole thing is like very, very broken mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing your personal uh, fitness, you, you, were, you were into that uh, mm-hmm. space, That was that when you started really like building on your marketing concepts and or yeah. was it earlier than that? Yeah, you know, when I was a personal trainer, the I, yeah, I had to like figure out how to get clients, and and I started learning then that hope is not a strategy. Yeah, yeah hope definitely not. Is a great thing, <laughs> a necessary thing to keep yourself yeah, positive about yeah, the situation. Yeah, totally. Right. But hope alone. Not a good strategy. It's, it's a strategy. It's just a really poor one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I started figuring that out because two months went by after I got that certification. And my freshman roommate was like, you know what, Jordan? I think you're going to have to bite the bullet and go work at LA Fitness. I said, no. <laughs> the whole point of this was to not work for anyone. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that. And that, and that lit, really lit a fire under me. And I stopped relying on hope that week and I was like I'm going to be a go-getter I'm going to take control of this make it predictable and I so what I'm going to I got on this app called Thumbtack it's for independent contractors and a personal trainer is an independent contractor people looking for personal training in the area they said you know they're and they and and it goes the the personal trainers get notified and the personal trainers send out quotes and maybe the person picks you and they become your client. And so that week mm-hmm. I got one from Thumbtack. And so that was my first client. And then I went on this uh, like CrossFit Astero's Instagram page and I followed everyone <laughs> that follows that page. Yeah. Over a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And I actually got banned from following people for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, didn't but, know that. You got put in that Instagram jail yeah, or something yeah, like that. I was for 24 Instagram hours. Guess what happened? One person went all the way through to my profile, to my website, to my contact form, and was interested in working with me. So all of a sudden, two months ago, I got zero, zero dollars, zero clients. All of a sudden, I got two clients twice a week and I'm making 60 bucks an hour. And I'm like, which, you know, when you're 19 and, and everyone else your age is making $10 an hour, it's like, oh, wow. 
You know, like yeah. this is life changing. Now I wasn't, you know, I was working four hours a week, four hours a week, $240. I like that trade. You know, like <laughs> at, at 19, it was just awesome. You know, it's all relative. Like I, like now I would, I would, I would never do that. It's just now it's not worth my time. But uh, back in the day, that was really transformative, as I alluded to earlier. And uh, so, yeah, I had to stop relying on hope as a strategy. And I, and look, I was, I, it, it was very, besides that, um, you know, just, I would, I was posting these, this stuff to like, you know, I had this health Instagram page mm-hmm. and I was just posting stuff that really didn't get much traction. Like, you know, people really didn't like, you know, people really, really didn't care about my health and fitness stuff, you know, it's just, and, and so I, I learned early on that the competition for attention online is fierce, man. And, and, and it's only gotten fiercer in the last three, four years since then. And you got to be super savvy and creative mm-hmm. and resourceful if you want to get big time attention online. And it was a really from there, a two year process, two years before I started getting any traction mm-hmm. online. Honestly, um, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a tactic that you have to go about marketing online. And there's, that's a lot of what a lot of media agencies do nowadays to grab people's attention. Like, for example, all the health stuff you were posting was probably so positive and probably boring, bro. Exactly. People feed off controversy. We were talking about this. Yeah. People feed off controversy uh-huh. all the time. That's what gets the views. Yeah. And honestly, in a way, it's a sick thing to do. But at the end of the day... They got to get it how they live. You know, yeah. they, it's their business that they're running. And they're, they're getting views and they're getting subscriptions and all that. Yeah. Guess what? They're making some yeah. ad dollars on it and, and, and all that stuff, you know? And, and and when I really started turning the corner was when I started drawing my line in the sand and choosing a goddamn side in the world of education. And I, it was, I remember it was, it was December of 2018 when I really started posting my views about education for the first, actually, whoa, I think it might've been 2017. Mm, no, it was 18. Wow, the years kind of blend together at this point. I'm only 22, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, I started to post about education and that was like my first like traction. I had these hot takes about education. Like I remember the first time I broke a hundred likes on, on LinkedIn, it was, it was like about education. Uh, or one of the first times. Mm-hmm. And, and every time I post about it afterwards, it was like always the most engaged on content. And, and people were not just like commenting emojis. They were writing five paragraph essays in the comments. Yeah. And still to this day, whenever I post about education, it's like essays, man. Like I, I feel like a professor that's got to grade all these like papers. I always, <laughs> I always wondered like, Get the like there's no, I was like, there's no way these professors read all these papers. <laughs> and I like, I just, I skimmed through the comments. I read maybe one out of five paragraphs, you know, <laughs> like I, and, and I'm like, and I kind of grade it in my head that way. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I agree with you. I, like, I mean, you just can't read all of it to, at a certain point. But, yeah, it's like. But to your point, I started finding traction by drawing my line in the sand and being a little bit more controversial. Right, 
right. and honestly, you ha- you a little ha- bit negative. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I find myself, and I tell you this all the time, when we make certain clips, I've realized that we get more likes and views on the controversial ones yeah. than on the positive ones. Honestly, I want to make it, we want to make it to the point where it's the opposite. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everybody's going to jump on that train, yeah. you know? And and I think, you know, when a lot of people write essays about something you're trying to educate them about, I, I don't, I don't think they should be so emotional about it, but mm-hmm. I don't, but people, when they try, when they get educated, they don't take it so lightly. And I think that's the, that's the biggest problem going on right now. What, for example, like, you know, everything going on with Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. I support the movement, uh, the organization, however, you know, and I know uh-huh. You've, uh-huh. You've, you've talked yes, about yes, that yes. many times. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I know you got chew the hell up about that because yeah i don't <laughs> well, look, know if you saw nick but jordan posted he made a post about the black lives matter organization i think he made a post about donald trump like right after or something like that well well there was but a he got there chewed was, up because he was tearing up the organization aspect of it yeah but, i was uh you know there was a post uh, from one of those social justice like feel good pages you know that that, mm-hmm. that all the you know Honestly, I mean, if we want to stereotype it, I mean, it's true that all the 20-year-old virtue-signaling girls post on their Instagram story. I mean, let us let me just say it like it is. And so uh, that was going around. The, this image it said, you know, if you support Donald Trump, you also support racism, xenophobia, homophobia, this phobia, that phobia, all, everything in the book. It was like this mass generalization. And I was like, if, and then at the bottom it said, you can't support. Uh, you can't support someone. You can't choose to support someone and not also support their evil ideals. So I was like, "All right, <laughs> I too can play this game, and you see how it feels." All right, <laughs> and, that, and that was part of like the the joke. Like, like here's some of your own medicine. So I was like. I, I did the same image with a black background with rainbow letters. Mm-hmm. If you support Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the statement, which, by the way, disclaimer, if you cannot separate the organization from the statement, it's your problem, not mine. If you support <laughs> the Black Lives Matter organization, then you also support... Mar- <laughs> this is where we're going down the rabbit hole. I didn't get to see the post. Marxism, socialism, uh, racism, because there's a lot of reverse racism that that goes on. We can get into that. Uh, And it was a list of like 20 things there. And I said, said, and then I said, if you, you can't support an organization and not also support its evil ideals because Look, there's a the Black Lives Matter organization has a lot of evil ideals. This is a mar this is a Marxist cultural revolution that capitalizes off black death. And I mean where where and funnels money to the Democratic Party. And I mean let's like let's be I, I it's a political movement. Like and let, let's be let's be honest 
about that. I mean, the, the, the movement, it's a political organization, but, and, but people try to like, try to hide the, like, no, it's about social justice. It's about racism. And, and I think that a lot of people that, that get on board with it are like, yeah, that's what it's about. But the leaders are, you know, Patrice McCullers, Alicia Garza, and Opal Tometi. They're very, while very evil, they're very smart people who, by the way, call themselves trained Marxists. They're very smart people. They know what they're doing. And there's, and these, there's a term in the world of politics. There's political jargon, uh, this word, this phrase called useful idiots. And a useful idiot, if you look it up online, is defined as, it just comes right up in Google the way a normal definition would, a useful idiot is someone who propagandizes a cause that they really know nothing about and who is cynically used by the cause's leaders. And think about it, that's so many people who are putting the blacklivesmatter.card.co link in their bio, they have no idea where the money's going. They have no idea what they're supporting. And they are, these people are cynically used by the cause's leader. And the name of the organization is just genius. That's what makes it controversial. That's what makes it taboo to talk about because it's, it's named after a positive ideal, Black Lives Matter. Matter. So if you say, oh, I don't really believe what the 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 Black Lives Matter organization, like I don't I don't believe some of their ideals. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that they stand for something good, which they really don't, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, then it's like, wait, what? You're racist. Now, what? You're racist. I'm like, and it's like, no, I'm just I'm just not for socialism and for Marxism. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not, I'm not racist, and I don't have to go around on social media, virtue signaling and and proving that I'm anti-racist. Like, I just, I just am not racist. Like, I just am kind to people, I love people, and I'm respectful, and I, I do that in real life, and I don't need to, like, I don't need to do it on social media. I do it in real life, and and people are like, oh. If you don't post something, if you don't post a black square, you're part of the problem. If you don't say something, <laughs> you're part of the problem. Seriously, you're racist. Well, actually, actually, I'm not. I'm actually not part of the problem. If I, I can choose not to say anything for my own reasons, because look, it's a really taboo thing to talk about. When it all started happening, I was like, I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't feel it's right for me to say anything. I'm not gonna. I'm going to stay super, super, super silent. That's going to be my MO on this. No comment. You know, people would ask, people tagged me in posts on LinkedIn, shaming me. They tagged, you know, they tagged Mark Manson, Grant Cardone, me, my friend Shay, and our follower accounts. And like, why aren't you saying something? And and I was, I was just, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't disconnect with her. I didn't. I didn't, I, I just moved in silence. I'm a peaceful warrior. I'm not, I, I was still like, I'm not going to say anything, but it just got to a point where I was like, I got to say something. But back to the point, I don't, ha- I, I didn't have to say anything. I'm not part of the problem just because I choose not to say anything. Like, like actually, I mean, because again, I don't have to prove online that, that I'm not racist. And, and if I'll, I'll finish with this. If you have to prove to somebody that you're 
some that you're not something that you, or that you are something. What does it say about you? Think about it in this in this sense. A rich man doesn't have to tell you he's rich. He just is. Somebody who's happy, they don't have to like people who are actually genuinely happy are not making Instagram posts with the caption happy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't have to prove that I'm not a racist. Just, I just, I'm not. <laughs> Seriously, come on. Uh, this is a good conversation. I, yeah. I definitely like. Tell, where, 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 what am I missing? Where am, like, where I'll am I Nick, wrong? I'll let Nick go ahead and uh, get his <laughs> thoughts on. <laughs> I, I, I don't really want to expand much on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 like right, right. In terms of what you're missing, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there's just. Me personally, I hate getting into politics because there's so it's many, politics. It's, it's exactly it's what it is. It's, yeah. it's politics. And it's politics. there's so yes. many different frames that you can, you know, frame a specific thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all based upon communication. And what the post that you were talking about is I mean is riddled with fallacies already, just with the the mass generalization of, of that post. So I could see why you would, you know, you would make a, a post in opposition to right. it because it's yeah, very yeah. easy to do so. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and plus, there's, there's a bunch of people online begging you to to make a post about it. So, like, begging you're kind of giving, right. the, giving the people what they want to hear. In, in I was like, way. all right, you want to hear it? Hear it. <laughs> this is not going to be what you want to hear. Exactly. Jordan, 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 let me, let me, um, let me play devil's advocate over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you mentioned how, oh, I'm not going to post a black square because it doesn't represent anything. And, Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, I'm saying I don't have to prove that I'm anti-racist. Right, 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 right. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um, so, but you didn't want to do it anyways, right? No. Yeah, because you feel like it doesn't prove anything, right? No, it, it doesn't. No, it just you just get social justice warrior points for it. Like, if, well, here's like the, well, here's you, the, you can't like if you were if I were to like actually do something to help the black community, like. Like, you know, you wouldn't get social justice warrior points online for it. But, but so people way, don't do but, that. But they just post a square. But here's the thing. That's it. Here's the thing. And I, I, yeah, I learned yeah. this from one of my friends, too, because I was kind of in agreement with not posting the mm, black square. Mm. And I was like, man, what? I, I said the same thing. I'm like, what is this going to solve for somebody if I post a damn for black sure, square? For but sure. Here, but here, but here yeah, was yeah, a rebuttal. Yeah. And it actually okay. got to me. Tell me. They said... Nowadays, the norm is social media, and that's where people get their information from. That's where people get influenced. So, yes, you can still influence people in person, but the majority is gonna, they're going to count on social media for that as well. So when they see you already as a big voice and you don't post just something as simple as a black square, because really it takes literally less than five seconds to post a black square. Mm -hmm. It just shows that, like, okay, you're looking more about the negative aspect of the situation, you know? Um, and I think when they told me that, I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. We, in a way, in today's society, we live mostly through our phones and on social media. So we want to see people supporting of the movement in a way. I, I honestly kind of agree with the organization aspect of it, but the movement so, itself, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know what? Even though I don't agree with the black square, I I see your point that in a way it's still going to influence other people mm -hmm. because that's just what the norm is. 
Sure. But what message and what cause is this is this advancing? We're going to go down another another rabbit hole here where <laughs> I mean black people kill more black people than white people. Like there's just and and it's and it's it's interest like it's is it a coincidence that all these cases that you hear about. I want to pause you right there because people of the same race typically kill the same race. It's not necessarily just black okay. people. So white people kill more white people. Yeah, yeah. Hispanic people yeah, kill yeah. more Hispanic okay, people. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I just want well, to make that yeah, clear yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so that yeah. our listeners understand sure. that as well. Yeah, but it's interesting that I find it interesting that a lot of people, when they— when they hear of a situation, they have to look at the race, the skin color of the perpetrator and the victim mm-hmm. before deciding whether or not they should sympathize. And, and, if you do, and, and if you do that, then you're definitely part of the problem. And, and what I was going to say was, is it, it's, is it a coincidence that all these people that you hear about, all these cases, George Floyd, whatever, they're all, they have really bad criminal records. Like George Floyd's been to prison nine times. Like, do, you, do you guys, you guys know, know about George Floyd, right? You know what he did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. these are, this is a bad man. Like not someone that should be portrayed as a, as a hero. This is a very bad person, man. That, that, I mean, the, I, I watched something last night you know, this I Am A Killer series, and there was a really controversial case, this person on death row, uh, where he got charged, he shot someone, uh, he was only going to get, like, life in prison maximum, uh, but he ended up, ended up getting the death sentence because the person that he shot ended up dying in the hospital due to a hospital error. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, the defense tried to argue that, oh, it was the hospital's fault. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't him, you know, but, but then there's the argument, this is why he got the death sentence. She doesn't end up in the hospital if you don't effing shoot her. <laughs> you know, you don't, and, and, and George Floyd doesn't end up in that situation if he's, doesn't, if, if number one, he's not a horrible person. Number two, he's not resistant in arrest. Like, like I was watching, I was watching an interview today uh, with Candace Owens. You guys know Candace Owens, <laughs> yeah. Candace Owens and, and somebody named King Kingface. That goes yeah, by I that. know Kingface. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was like he was like, "There's two ways you can go about it when you get pulled over." And Kingface, you know, he he puts his keys on top of his car, rolls the window down, uh, puts his hands on the steering wheel. And because, like, these police officers, I mean, they're, these are stories you don't hear about. There are police officers that go up to the window, they get shot right away. You don't hear about that. Like, people, like I would be scared shitless if I was a police officer, like, walking up. I'm imagining, like, my heart beating. You never, like, you can't see what, where the, what their hands are doing. So you could either do that and, 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 and have the officer be like, you know, disarm them. Like, they can see your hands. They'll say license, registration. Okay, okay, sir. Yes, sir. Give it to him. 
okay, the really, you're not going to end up in a situation in a chokehold on the ground. Uh, and, and by the way, he was on fentanyl too, which by the way is, is used by uh, medical professionals to slow down breathing. So, I mean, if you're, if you're on fentanyl and saying, I can't breathe, I mean, that's now obviously there's no disputing the case with George Floyd. Like obviously that was a little extreme and that shouldn't have happened with the, with the police officer. But what I'm trying to say here is that the other way you can go about it, because he really put himself in this situation by resisting arrest. The other way you go about it is, okay, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't put your hands on the steering wheel and, uh, and the officer comes to the window and you're like, well, whoa, is it because I'm black? You know, like, like, what's up, man? And, and you're like, all, and you're already like on the defensive, like, and, and making the officer go on the defensive. I mean, you get what you give when you're on the defensive, like they're on the defensive and everyone, the tensions are high and things escalate real quick. Like just. But the media, <sighs> but the, the media God. preys on people to make them think that way. Because to make them play victim in a way, man, I blame it yeah, on yeah, the yeah. media. Because, yeah, for sure. But I, I personally feel that I'm not going to make any exception for, for, for the police officer. I, he doesn't even deserve yeah, of course. to have his name said yeah, because yeah. he's that much of a piece of garbage. Um, but yeah, and then there, there's, do, some, there's a see, weird background with him, too. He's a real, he's a wacko. Yeah, he, he's got a history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do see your point to where. It, what you're trying to say is that people play victim too much, in a way. And yeah. then they're playing victim to where, like, if you get pulled over, oh, it's because I'm brown. Yeah. It's like, Here, no, it's not because you're brown, because yeah. you're speeding, bro. Yes. Here's another situation, too. Like, my friend always finds himself in these bar fights, in these fist fights. And I'm talking to him last week, and I'm like, dude, never in my life have I been anywhere near a situation like that. Like I've, not, I've never been in one. I've never been punched. I've never punched anyone. I've never seen anyone get punched. Is it a coincidence that I've never been anywhere near that in my life and you are involved in that every weekend? Yet it's always, it's never your fault. How many people, You're always right. How many people do you Seriously, think want man. to punch you? <laughs> a lot. I've been a lot of people, a lot of people want to punch me. <laughs> I, and you know my I move in silence. I'm a peaceful warrior. I diffuse. Yeah. I re, and I don't say anything. Have you told right. him that? He was like, you know how many people want to punch me? And like, and dude, don't get into fight. Yeah. <laughs> dude, there's people that I bet that there are people that have thought about killing me before. I guarantee it. I guarantee. You know, just a a, 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 a mild thought. Like I bet it's popped up as an idea in someone's head. Never like a serious thought. I would yeah. hope not. Yeah, but I hope not. Maybe. But with the, you know, you saw the amount of flack I got. But I also got some amazing support. Yeah. Oh, actually, if you go to the, go to the post, my most on Instagram, it's my most liked post. It has about a thousand likes. Four hundred sixty-eight people shared it. No, four hundred sixty-eight people saved it. Seven hundred some shared it. And uh, my 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 friend who is a he's a gay black conservative who's our age, uh, and he he, you know, a lot people that they that like. That, that said that just threw ad hominem attacks at me and were like, you're a piece of shit. He jumped in and vi- I didn't say, anything. I didn't reply. I barely even read it. Um, cause I have boundaries up here. I don't really let people get to me. And, uh, I, I've learned to have very thick skin over the past two years. And, um, 
like I used to let I used to let things affect me, man. Like, like my friend texted me the other month, like, like, dude, if you posted that, you know, two years ago and got the comments you got, you'd be like suicidal. Like, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> like, like you've really come along. Like, I've I've definitely gone a long way in that. But my friend. Uh, Amir, Amir Odom, he's like a must follow on Instagram. Um, he, he, he was, he was like, you know, I, you know, somebody said, oh, I've been following, this is the classic message that, that, that I get every now and then. Been following you for years, man, and your podcast, and I'm so disappointed to see this yeah. from you. Ah, <laughs> oh, so disappointed. What a shame. Yeah. This isn't the time to speak out against this movement. And my friend Amir is like, actually, dude, this is the time to speak out against this because this is really damaging not only to America but the black community. I mean, this, I, this Black Lives Matter organization is an, an absolute abomination to the black community, inciting these dangerous riots that kill more black people than the KKK could ever hope to have killed in their time in, in the 1900s. Like, and and, and more, more, more people than police would ever that, that have, have killed this year. Like Black Lives Matter riots have killed more people this year than police have killed. Like... Come on, man. You know. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't speak on that. I can see you, you because, have something to say about no, it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. What I was gonna say is that overall, people are angry, and when you're angry, you tend not to make the best decisions anyway. So, in a way, you kind of do have to play the role of okay, let me try to get you back into reality and educate you. But then people don't want to be educated. Yeah. What is? But what does educated mean? Because it's interesting. I've noticed, I've noticed that, and I've only in the past week put it into words, but I've been thinking about this for months, haven't been able to put it into words. The left is like, and, and people with, with, black, with the Black Lives Matter organization that support that on social media and, and just the left in general, it's like they end every like rant with educate yourself. The right is, ends every rant with do your research. <laughs> I think it's the funniest yeah, thing. The right and the left. Like, is just, edu educate yourself means drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Educate yourself from the left means drink our Kool-Aid. Do your research from the right means no, drink our Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's what it means. Like, yeah. like, like, stop using that, that phrase. Yeah, I like, think at this, this age of information uh, that we're in, it's really testing our ability to to look beyond you know the superficial things that people say, and 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 the cliches people you know throw yeah. out, out there for sure. And it's very important to be able to have conversations where where ideas conflict. There's where there is controversy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where you'll get the education. That's where, in my opinion, you'll start to learn more things that you couldn't perceive of. And I feel like as we continue going on this path and the technology continues to get better, people are going to see the value in being able to debunk these fallacies and then to be able to, deep, to, to really you know, dive deep into these issues. Because a lot of the things that are going on now is just stuff that has been going on since the birth of this entire nation. And it's really important to be able to you know, go into history, figure out what has happened and what this stuff stems from. 
But in reality, that's a really tall task, especially if you're if you're uh, young, you're ambitious, you got a lot of goals. Like, how much time are you going to put into doing all this research on your own? You know what I mean? And that's where I want to tie it back to your podcast because you, your podcast, you said that uh, one of the major, you know. Uh, Aspects of it is to be able to learn from real life practitioners in those specific, you know, uh, industries. Mm -hmm. And although you may not you someone may be ignorant of the past of their of the of the history, you can learn through practitioners about specific industries, the histories of those industries. You can learn in different aspects. And I feel like my idea is kind of webbing out to a (laughs) bunch of different things. But um, the point I'm trying to make is that. Number one, it's important to look through cliches and, and fallacies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, you have to be able to use the resources available to you. So if you What's are being told to get educated, to do the research, you got to know how to do it. And school's not going to teach you how to do it. You got to learn how to do it through yourself. Use the technology that's in your hand to do some research. Go on Google Scholar or something, look up some journals uh, on different business reviews and do do the research, in my opinion. But like... It's really what is do your re- like seriously? What does do your research mean? So, like, for like example, what, like, if you want to learn, if up? you want to learn about Black Lives Matter, look up every single article you can about Black Lives Matter and figure out what's going to be the most credible. What what is the most credible resource you can find? Yeah, and stick to either stick to the facts or question everything. Yeah, and I learn feel like about, the, learn the, about the organization. And yeah. the more you question, the more you'll understand. And mm-hmm. it's more so about. <clears throat> Like reaching out to different people, yeah. reaching out to different resources and, to figure it out, and not just taking other Thanks people's word. Yes. Yeah, on so, yes. like oh, like you know, Kingface was saying when he was growing up in the hood, you know, and his his black friends would be like, "Ah, oh, white people, they're racist. They're all <laughs> racist," and he'd be like, "How do you know?" Bro, you've been in these four walls your whole life. You never even you never even interacted with a white person. How do you know? You, what just did you you heard it from someone? And I feel like that's the the trap that that a lot of people fall into. It's like like a lot well, of things pertain to black lives matter. You can say the same thing for some white people though, because I. I was talking to a girl once where she lived in upstate New York and she said that, oh, in my school, there's all white people. And every time she said, Alan, like, this is literally true. Every time there's somebody of color, they came from the city because they were getting, they were like in juvie or they were locked up in the city. So they sent them up north. So all, and they're always colored. They're always black. They're always brown, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I think that's the impression that white people got. It's like, wow, this sure. person was locked up. Sure, so, sure, sure. You know, and and he's <clears throat> black, so all black people must be um, evil in some way. So there's no. a system. Mm-hmm. I feel that there is a, some sort of system in place mm-hmm. to target in a way, just with that example. So and then when it comes to like research. At times, I'm kind of like, okay, you can do all your research. I'm like, all right, put your phone down real quick. Put your phone down. Walk outside. Go to the store. <laughs> live in the moment. What Did you get harassed today? Did you go through any type of problem? No? <laughs> Were you? Then keep living your yeah. fucking life. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how I, that's, sometimes I'm like, yo, fuck the research. You could definitely get caught up in it. 
Definitely. You get, yeah, you can get caught up in the research. I get it. And I do my research. I do as much research as I can. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you know what? Everything I'm looking at on my damn phone is pissing me off. Let me put my phone down. Mm-hmm. Let, let me like yeah. go cook. Let me go hoop. Let me go to the gym. Let me go talk to my roommates. Mm-hmm. Let me get my mind off my damn screen because everything that's getting me mm-hmm. mad is not in person. It's on my mm-hmm. fucking screen. And I mm-hmm. just want to bounce off of that too. And react. And it's funny how life kind of tells you what... Um, what you should do in a in a in a way because mm-hmm. when it comes to situations that you're passionate about when you really are passionate about something something clicks in your mind that you just need to know more about it you gotta you know like if you're mm-hmm. passionate about marketing you're gonna just want to learn more about marketing and it's it's the same with a lot of these issues some of the, like some people like to pinpoint certain things like for example someone may be really passionate about gentrification and want to know everything there is about gentrification and i feel like that's very very similar so when it get when it gets to the point where it becomes being methodical where you're starting to like mess with your own mental health i feel like those that's definitely when you need to put your phone down and yeah. live your life a little bit more and start worrying about you know things that really is not under your control yeah um at some point, you got to be a little selfish. I hate to say it. Yes. You yes. got to be a little selfish. Yes. You got to care about yourself. You put everybody in front of you, that's how you're going fuck, to fucking mentally go crazy, man. Yes. Like, like honestly, you have to care about yourself at some point. But, Jordan, I know we could go on and on talking about all these issues. Did you want, did you want to say something real I, quick? I want to put a bow on it. Go put, put, a, a, put a bow on, on, on it, man. Please. Put a bow. This is, you know, and, and it's, it's unfortunate that, like, you know, my opinion often doesn't like count or gets discarded when talking about these things because I'm white. Like there's this like white guilt thing, like where I'm supposed to like feel guilty because I'm like white, you know? <laughs> and, and it's, and I'm like, I'm like, like, no. So what I'm, what I was about to say was, and you know, my friend Amir would agree. I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of black conservatives that would agree with me. That I mean, look, this is this is not the the '40s and and '50s. There's no Jim Crow laws. There's no. If you look up the definition of oppression, it's like you know, there, like, there's no legislation. There's no laws that that don't allow that that, that say hey, black people aren't allowed to do this. Like. It's it's within it's within it's all up here you know it's all about your mindset you can be like my friend Amir who's 23 24 absolutely freaking crushing it just bought a Tesla like or or you could you could be the opposite opposite and just be a victim and just you know I it's all it's all up here like this is not the 40s and, and 50s anymore like we've made so much progress we're by so many measures, the least racist country out there. America is like, America is such a great place. And I feel like people hate America right now. It's, it's such a great place to be for all races. And that's, that's what, I, what I've got to say. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd rather be here than Nicaragua. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I definitely like, my, like living here, like my freedoms. Uh, yeah. Sure. But we—it's a tradition here on our podcast to end our podcast with one last question. Um, so we're gonna ask you the same question. Actually, Alan, you want to go ahead and ask him this? Question? Man, this is the first time I'm asking this question because usually do it for the past 22 episodes. But I, I think you should do the honors. All right, all right, man. So, as Nick said, we have a tradition 
every podcast at the end, we ask you to give a toast to Southwest Florida. Mm. So, Jordan, what would your toast to Southwest Florida be? Uh, I don't think I've ever really given a toast before. What 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 is what 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 are toast hold traditionally? Up the, hold up, hold up, hold up the glass. Think of you. Yeah, think of the glass. Think that you're, like, you're talking right. to Southwest Florida right Some now. Some motivational what stuff. Kind of, what kind of advice shit, you want to give to them? Yeah, man. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think. Guide me in a direction. So basically. Be like, all right. What should, what should I? To every to everybody, like toast to right. education. Toast <laughs> to like educating yourself to being the best human uh, being possible. Always strive for greatness. Doesn't have to be a positive thing either. It could be nah. negative. Do whatever the hell is on your mind, bro. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, ah, yeah. Realize how lucky we are to to be here and in uh, this great country, uh, the greatest country in the world, America, and really in in one of the greatest uh, places in, in the country, Southwest Florida, man. Like, it's it's a great place here. I love it. A lot of people love it. People come here to vacation. We live here, and we can go to the beach whenever we want. And, uh, you know, from what I can see, really, you know, racism isn't really here in Southwest Florida. Uh, I guess I'm not the most qualified person to speak on that, but man, this is a great place. And, uh, you know, I just, I just live in like gratitude and I hope that other people will too. Awesome. So live in gratitude and soak up the sun is yeah. what I got from that. Yeah. 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 And, so, and, and don't let your, your opportunity go to waste. And drink a lot of water. <laughs> drink a lot of water. Hey, Jordan, about that water. Hey, Jordan, listen. So when I make these clips, I, Earlier in the podcast, I heard you say, I am not a racist. I'm going to take out the word not so that we can, so, so that we can get some traction right, and yeah. controversy <laughs> and bring a bad picture towards yeah, you, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, let, let, let our listeners uh, know where they can find you. Yeah, Growth Mindset University, my podcast. I uh, know that people will enjoy this. I have, have uh, I've had a couple of discussions about... Uh, you know, we don't talk about it all the time, but I've had a couple of discussions about Black Lives Matter on the podcast. One with a a rapper with Nigerian roots who was born in the UK, who grew up in Saudi Arabia, who yeah. spent a lot of time yeah. in mm -hmm. the US, has been on Joe Rogan's podcast and Candace Owens' podcast. And and uh, I talked to him. His name's Zuby. You may have heard of him. He's, mm -hmm. he's an absolute must follow on Twitter. Really, really great free thinker. Uh, and we so we talked, uh, talked to him about... Black Lives Matter and social justice. And uh, I talked to my friend Amir Odom about it too. It uh, should be coming out in, uh, in uh, middle September. So mm -hmm. yeah, super, super excited and would be very grateful if people checked out Growth Mindset University. No, it's a great podcast, guys. Like, honestly, I highly recommend that you're gonna learn a lot of stuff that, you know, like you said earlier, that you essentially wouldn't learn in school. And mm -hmm. it's something that mm -hmm. you could definitely apply to your life today and Jordan has amazing guests he's an amazing host um, and like I said Thanks. you know he was, you're one of the ones that got me um, turning my gears into trying to start podcasting you yeah. know? so um, so um, I definitely I appreciate that. that and like the content mm -hmm. and everything that you give um, and also you guys have probably been wondering why what are we holding in our hands like <laughs> what the hell do these guys have on their laps the whole time I don't know I was impressed I was like why are they keeping their laps the whole time <laughs> this is the podcast playbook the podcast playbook written by Jordan Paris. Very own. Yep. 
And you can find it on Amazon, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And amazing book. If you want to start podcasting, go ahead, read this. This is the he Bible the, for he it. The, he has the plays <laughs> right here. He's I give you the plays. It's funny. I, I almost... Well, I wanted to call it the podcast Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And it was that, instead that, of a playbook theme, it was going to be a Bible-looking thing. Oh, we're, we're about, we're about like to go the down the rival like long religion. Like <laughs> I don't have much to say about it, man. Right. <laughs> I, li- I like the playbook. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the playbook. No, 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 no I love it. I love it. I'm definitely going to um, give this a read. Um, and yeah, man, it was a pleasure having yeah, you on. This was Thanks. so much fun. Just, thank you for yeah, coming this is, on, this man. This is very fun. Yeah. Bro. We got we to have, have him come back so we can hey. keep talking about yeah, this. Yeah, man, there's <laughs> a lot. There's, bro, we got to go on for like three, four hours, bro. But, <laughs> I know, you know, I know. But so, we want everybody to take a listen. Yep, so there's another episode in the books, right, Alan? Episode 23 or 24? I think it's 23. Yeah, I get to the point where we're losing track a little bit, man. Yeah. We're not at your level. You're yeah, like 200 200 something. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We're trying to get there, trying to get there. All right, y'all. Have a good night. Yeah.